Ladies and gentlemen, we are joined today by none other than Jason Bent. Hi, everyone. <laughs> we don't. Wow. The real reason everybody came no. to the podcast, not it's- this hack that we have on tonight. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we have the special honor of welcoming Eric Curtis onto the podcast tonight. I think we got it with hack and one. I think we can wrap it up. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> See you next <laughs> week. Yeah. World's fastest podcast. <laughs> it's a speed cast. That's what we call it. Yeah, it's, a, it's about click through, isn't it? Mm. It is. Yeah. It's, it's sure. we, we got the hook. Now we got to do the call to action and then we're done. That's it. Yep. I mean, think about it. If the podcast only lasted for 10 seconds, we'd probably have a 100% retention rate for that. Episode. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Look at these numbers, Chad. Look at them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I want to just say possibly we're supposed to get some bad weather. So there is a possibility yeah. that my internet and everything could go to crap. So if it does, I apologize. And really, that's all just an excuse because I don't want to listen to anything Eric has to say. That's exactly what I was about to say, man. I get on the podcast once. I'm here for 90 seconds. You're like, guys, I don't It's internet. Connected. Yeah. Uh, what's uh, it's breaking up. They just internet's going. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> Jason, you've probably had the most stressful week out of all of us. We'll, we'll let you go first on what you've been up to. Oh, moving, moving stuff. Um, we painted the whole first floor of the new house, and even Sedge was nice enough to come over and help do the one thing that I hate doing and that's cutting everything in, but he does a really good job at it. Um, but we got way more done than I thought. I didn't think we got two coats of primer and a, a good coat of the paint. So, and it looks fine. Like I'm, I'm not going to put a, a fourth coat. Um, Cause of forced child labor. That's why. Right. Um, I I the, the, the neighbor the kids coming over and I'm going to pay them in uh, fruit snacks. <laughs> but, so yeah, that's good. Uh, Friday, I'm going to go. The garage door stuff was supposed to get done this coming Friday. And I just got told that that's probably not going to happen because the guy that does it got injured on the job a few days ago. So they're going to have to reschedule. Um, but this week, I mean, I really haven't done much this week. It's funny. Over the past 24 hours, I've received three messages from people on Instagram asking me where I've been. Am I okay? <laughs> and Mike Leiden was one of them. And Gary, he was another um, oh, cause I haven't been doing any stories this week because I just haven't had the time I go to work. I come home and you know, I'm with Leo and we do dinner and we we're trying to get whatever little things we can get packed that we can get packed. And yeah, so, um, it's good. We got a lot done at the new house, but I still, I'm not hundred percent certain on what I'm going to do for the drywall and all that stuff yet. That's, and I'm really starting to get worried cause it's kind of getting to crunch time now, but for the shop. I have a, yeah, I have a pretty good idea of what I'm going to do. I've gone back and forth a couple of times, but short version is I had a guy come out to do an estimate. The estimate was okay until he basically gave me a, gave me a price to do double layer five-eighths everywhere. So adding another sheet of five-eighths to existing and then adding double to anywhere where there was not. And he was going to use green glue in between because that's what mm-hmm. I asked him to do. I'm not yeah. going to change out any insulation because 
the sound breaking abilities from the hours until I'm dead serious. I have not researched anything so much in years that I have about soundproofing and what the best course of action is and what is the best bang for my buck. The that's been pretty evident with your, uh, with your word working skills over the last couple of years. So, yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I thought something behind me. Uh, so, uh, I don't know if you knew this, but that's a silver play button, Eric. Behind us. Yeah. Hold on. I want to talk about that here. Just silver a play button. so the green glue stuff, right? The green glue is very expensive, but apparently it's very effective. And mm-hmm. you'll see mixed things online. There's people that are like, oh, it's ridiculous, blah, 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 whatever. Did a ton of research. And the more research I did, the more I found conflicting information. Mm-hmm. So it just led me back to, I'm going to go with my gut and what tells me based on the research that I've done. The problem was, is that his quote didn't include the green glue. So he's like, we'll bring everything. We'll install it. We'll do two coats. We'll do all this stuff. We'll be in and out in a couple of days. Super nice guy. They have rave reviews. And it's really just coming down to the fact that I don't know if I'm going to have the time to do it. Because at this point, I don't know. Next weekend is like the big move for the house. Then I've got to move the shop. And in between those two weeks, I have to do the drywall and the paint and everything else. So um, just get a new house. Yeah, I'll just sell the one that I'm, you know, barely hey, moving to. Yeah, just get just get some type on and I'll throw some food color in it. Make it the green. <laughs> Yeah, it's the same well, thing, Jason. Yeah. Don't fall for those marketing, you know, Jesus tough words, you know, it's, it's, all it's basically freaking glue, whatever. It's <laughs> not it's not what you think. It's not like glue like type. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so and it's green. Why are you criticizing me for going with something green, Sedge? Yeah, with your green have, with the green uh, dream horse shoes. Yeah, with your green shoes, your green shirt, your green tools. Look at the um, flames. That is a lifestyle choice, Sedge. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> Dream horse. I did see uh, orange glue, you know, yellow glue. I don't like those colors. Um, that was a joke. Anyways, so it didn't include the green glue. The green glue is very expensive. So yeah. think of a, a tube of caulking. Only it's $24. What? Per tube. Yeah. The manufacturer and, recommends. And what is it? What is it? One tube per sheet, right? Two, two tubes per sheet. Yes, the manufacturer recommends two. Yeah. So, and you're talking, you know, twenty five sheets for what I well, twenty five sheets for what I need. You know, that's fifty uh, bottles. That's that's a lot of money, right? So, now it was the the original quote plus that money because he was like, the only thing you'd have to provide is the green glue. That's not included in the quote. And I'm like, well, now it's not such a great estimate, right? So then I went back and did the math and that was using standard drywall. Eric, what's up? I was going to say like, uh, of course I know what green glue is, but for the listeners who may or may not be familiar with the product, you know, once you loop them in. So basically green glue is like an adhesive that has like sound dampening properties. And so the tests, I read all kinds of tests. I read all kinds of other stuff. So basically what you're doing is you're, you're, when you're laminating two sheets of drywall together, you're using the green glue in between. And what it does is it acts as a vibration absorption and a sound dampener. So it doesn't, it provides a slight little gap between the two pieces of drywall after it's cured and it's dried, therefore leaving that air gap to help Mm -hmm. dissipate the noise. This is basically what green glue is. If you were to just take two 
I think the same thing happened with Sedges Sue's, right? Like the same properties. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yep. he's dead okay. silent in the shop. You can't even hear him coming behind you. Yeah. <laughs> so that's. If it were if it weren't for his thick main accent, you would never know he was there. I don't get an accent. Yeah, not at all. Sedge, say car. Car. <laughs> like a true American. Whatever. He's been going to his speech therapist. Good job, buddy. Whatever. Uh, so I basically did the math and I could buy all of the green glue. I could buy actual sound break by a company called National. Five, five eighths inch drywall, four by eight sheets. They run like 54 or 56 bucks a sheet. So then what I thought was, okay, I'll double up the interior walls and I'll do single layer on the exterior walls. And that should do everything I need it to do. And I could do all of that for like two grand. The estimate was four. That wasn't including the green glue. So add another, you know, $700 in green glue. Um, so it's, it's over double. Granted, I would have to do it myself. And I just don't know if I have, I, I, I don't know. I'm starting to get worried because yeah, like, yeah, the, I've been thinking about it, Sedge. The only weekend that I could realistically do it is the weekend that you're going to be gone. Did we lose him? Uh, we might have. He's just pretending to be silent so we don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's <laughs> like, I'm just going to sit here still and pretend like I didn't hear that he wanted. No, he was going to he was going to help me do it and we were going to do all the stuff and I already got I don't know. I already I already got my stuff down there. I yeah. got my gun. I got my gun and screws. I'm ready to go, bro. Oh, I was just going to let the crackheads that were going to do my drywall use all that stuff. Oh. I'll get along it, Take it I'll as get along with them. I'll get so, along. Anyway, with them. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just I'm frustrated. I every time I walk out into the shop, like our house is actually doing really well. Like we don't have we moved a ton of stuff already. Um, I cleaned out the entire upstairs today. The only thing left up there is the bed. Uh, and I'm taking all that Friday. Um, I'm going to move some of our bigger things on, on Friday. So when I walk out in the shop though, in immediate anxiety, yeah, because it's so much stuff and I haven't even started, I've packed things, but I haven't even started. And I, I'm stressing because I, I don't want to put it in the garage right now. Well, the, the only, I think that the only, um, well, not the only, but a good thing about that is that if it's, if you're going to, um, hire someone else to do that, it, that is a write-off for you. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a set, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, everything, everything that I do in the shop will end up being a write-off of somehow speaking of write-offs. I did get my, uh, find out what I owe on taxes and it was not as much as I was expecting. So that's, well, good. that's good. So you don't have to dip in as much. Cool. No. <laughs> Life, man. Yeah. No. Okay. So what I wanted to talk about, right. So, and, and we'll move on to somebody else, but this is too funny not to share. So said Sedge was over, you were at the house on Saturday. You might've seen some of it if I remember correctly, but so I have a security camera in my garage or in my garage and it doesn't do the greatest oh, job yeah. picking up noise, but the video quality on it's really good. And you can, you can hear what people are saying, especially if they're really close, which happened a few times. So during the showings, like every 15 minutes, this thing is going off. And I, of course I have that there because I have, you know, thousands of dollars in tools in here. And I, yeah. I don't know these people coming through my house. Right. Yeah. And not just for that at nighttime or whatever else. Um, 
and it's it's in plain sight. It is literally sitting right behind me. I'll show you guys. There it is. Yeah. That little white box. Yeah, <laughs> sitting right there. And man, the conversations and the confusion you would not believe. Really? <laughs> oh my gosh! So I had people coming in here. The the like four four of the eleven or twelve showings that we had. At least four. They were totally dumbfounded. They had no idea what was up with my garage doors, even though it was in the notes uh, for the showing. I don't know why my speaker went down, but they were they were like, "Does the garage door not work? Where's the motor?" And they're like pointing at the ceiling, like, "There should be a motor there. Where is this motor? It doesn't work. How does this work?" Then I have that big long festival track on the garage door. People thought that that was like a locking mechanism. <laughs> it's like they, one of those, one of those huge like door lock things. They thought that <laughs> sliding it sliding lock like medieval like, times. So what is this? Like, I does this mean this this can't open? Like, I, I just I don't really understand. Like, where, where's the motor? It does say that the, the garage door doesn't work. Yeah, the single car that has a wall in front of it doesn't work. But it also says that the equipment for it is in the attic and it can be completely transformed back. It says that it's a side mount motor. People are just clueless. Like, what is a side mount motor? What is this witchcraft, right? Yeah. Even the home inspector uh, or the appraisal, the appraisal already happened today. We just went under contract on Sunday, which they haven't even done the inspection yet, but the house has gone through the appraisal. It's really weird. And even he asked the question. And the funny thing is on my door for the garage door, I have a note that says common questions about the garage. And it talks about the single, the single car door, uh, the double door that it uses Mm. a side mount motor. It's located to the, uh, to the left of the garage at the ceiling. And people were just so, you know, blown away. Like I can't tell you how many people thought that they would not be able to use a garage door in this house. But Jason, that blew me away was when we were watching that, how the realtors didn't know. Yeah. So that was showing. Yeah. That was the other thing. And I, I talked uh, talk to my realtor about that. Sorry, guys. My, my internet shot. It's all right. Yeah. I picked I picked up what you were saying, but okay. Um, some of these realtors, I, I don't, I just do not understand how they're realtors. Mm-hmm. Like they, they could not answer any questions. They were completely clueless. They were giving wrong information. Um, everything was provided. Like it's all in their little system or whatever. It was just very interesting. But the f- other funny thing was too is so that was sitting up there on the wall, and most people that came in, we're looking around. They're like, Hey, what's that? Is that a YouTube award? And there was a couple of people. Yeah. There was a couple of people that, um, like pulled out their phones and they were like looking at the name and they like did the, did a Google search or whatever. And one guy, he, he searched on Google and then he turned to his buddy. I'm subscribing. I'm a sub. I'm a sub. He was like, he was like, man, check this out. This is that guy or whatever. And they were talking BS and back and forth. It was just funny. I think he knew that they're that the camera. I mean, it's again, it's it's in plain sight. You know, you can't you can't miss it. But um, 
some people came in here and they were like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. One older gentleman came in and he was like explaining to the realtor what all the tools were. Um, that was pretty cool. But it was just very interesting, interesting to watch for sure. How many people, how many people were shown the house? Somewhere between 12 and 14 families had showings on Saturday. Um, oh and I think God. we had six, six or seven offers. Man. Dude, it's bonkers right now. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. I the, offer, the offer we accepted was 15000 over asking. Yeah. yeah. With, with an appraisal gap. What were you going to say, Eric? I was going to say I bought this place almost exactly a year ago. It was uh, last April or May. And... It was, I walked in, it was an open house, uh, noon, one o'clock in the afternoon, whatever it is. Saw the place. I was like, I dig it. Solid bones, like lots of work with in here. Uh, called up the, the lady I met here doing the showing, uh, later that day, maybe four or five o'clock. I was like, Hey, you know, I like the house, like thinking about putting an offer in, uh, just wanted to like get a vibe on how competitive it is. Like, can I think about it for a couple of days? She was like, it's been on the market for five hours. We've already gotten six offers and they want to make a decision tonight. Jeez. Wow. Okay. Let me make some phone calls. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Huh. Yeah. What was really weird about uh, my house is we had a showing scheduled for Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, I actually went to bed Friday night really worried. I told, told Sedge this because we only had four showings because of a mishap with the listing and... It's a whole nother story, but um, I went to bed. I woke up in the morning, had one more showing. So we had five and I'm like, this is not looking good. Like people are starting to get cold feet or whatever. As soon as we got up to the new house and started painting, it was just like one after another. I mean, they were just filling up Sunday. We had zero listings uh, scheduled or zero showing, uh, showing scheduled. And I was like, that's really weird. Like what, if you didn't make it on Saturday, you just assume that you're not going to get it. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. That's that's the thought process. Not a no. single yeah. one. Yep. Yeah. So. They know they know it goes that day. Yep. Yeah. Well, Jason, look at all the uh houses that you looked at and they went all the same day when you guys yeah. walked all those houses. Pretty close. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, we made offers, I think, on five or six houses in total. And this this was the one that we ended up getting. So yeah. Anyway, that's what I've been up to. Just create. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot the most important part, guys. I submitted my retirement packet. Yeah, right. now you're talking. There it is. Why did I not lead with that? <laughs> Idiot. Like the, that's the best thing that's happened to me in the last 19 years, except for oh. Leo and Nicole and all okay. the other things I'm supposed to say. <laughs> Good thing. Right? And Festival. And Festival. Yeah. Oh, I see you took down all your Ryobi out back of you. I did. Yep. Yeah. I took it all down and put it in festival sustainers. <laughs> nice. Well, that's awesome, man. It's it's good that it's you're on the way. You're on the way out. Yep. Yes, it is. They are trying to mar to me for hearing, but yeah. I actually got an email about that the other day saying you need to fill out your packet. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> so I'm going to hold so, off on that. I'm going to drag my feet until my stuff is actually when, all done. When are you going to start uh, being able to pull back from, from August. Your, your work? Okay. Yeah, right when our new baby is born. Yeah, that's great. Excellent. So you'll have all the time in the shop then? All the time in the world. Yep. 
Yeah. <coughs> Everything I need. Anyway, uh, Sedge, what have you been up to, or do you want to kick it over to Kurt, uh, Eric Curtis? Why don't you want to kick it over to Eric? I mean, I just work, man. I just, you know, small business. It's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle choice more than anything, right? <laughs> uh, it's um, currently I'm working on a piece for a good friend of mine uh, who is a surprise, um, but he's never going to listen to a podcast I'm on, so I don't got to worry about him finding out before his birthday. But he's turning 40. Uh, and his wife commissioned me secretly to make this liquor bar for them, um, that he's wanted me to make for, you know, a year or two now. Uh, and we got this big ruse going on where, uh, you know, I hang out with him like weekly and he's always like, Oh, you know, I'm just real disappointed that Lauren and I couldn't, uh, couldn't get you get, get on the schedule before, you know, locked up and not going to get this done for our birthday, but like maybe over the summer, I'm like, yeah, yeah, totally, man. Just you know, shoot me an email. Yeah. When I... Um, so I've been working on this thing a lot lately and, uh, coaching baseball. So balancing those two things is, uh, it's pretty much all the time, man. So question, are you not, are you not teaching at the school anymore? No. So I stepped away from that. Um, there were, there were opportunities that arose that I don't think I am legally allowed to discuss publicly yet. Uh, it's green horse. It's okay. It's green horse. Green, green horse shoes. Dream horse. Dream horse. But, uh, but that overlapped with the start of the school year. Um, and so I would have been gone for the first six weeks of the, the school year. And, uh, much as I didn't want to walk away from teaching, um, I loved that job. It was fantastic. Uh, it was, you know, it's a choice where you got to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you and, uh, see what's down the road that lies ahead. Yeah. Which, and which, which school was that Eric? So I was teaching at Morristown Friends School, which is uh, about 20 minutes outside of Philly. And I was teaching grades five through 12. I was teaching all the way from intro to woodworking with the fifth graders and hand saws and hot glue and, you know, building towers out of dowels and things like that, all the way up through uh, studio art and uh, studio furniture portfolios. It was great, man. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if you've seen Jason's channel, but I'm sure that you've seen similar work in his videos that you probably saw in the classroom. So. <laughs> it's very, it's on par. A lot of boxes, a lot of, uh, a lot of square things. No know. curves, like Patrick <laughs> would say. No Not curves. single curve in there anywhere. Yeah. Um, curves are yeah, for that, sissies. That, <laughs> that was a really fun job. I did really, really enjoy that. Um, so... But anyway, yeah, this week, just uh, coaching, working, making things. Um, you know, I'm kind of in that that rush about two and a half weeks out, I think, from delivery date. So mm-hmm. got about a week and a half to get the thing finished and start getting finish on it. Just pocket holes everywhere. And- oh, my God. Just pocket holes left and right. Because, you know, they don't know. They don't that's- know. I- and but that's that's how you put it. That's that's how a true craftsman does it, though. Pocket holes. This is this is my whole philosophy, right? If I construction tenon and I glue the things together, you have no idea that there's any joinery in there. If I put a pocket hole in there, if I countersink that with a drywall screw, I can point to that and say, "Look, <laughs> this is the work." 
You're design. Saying, <laughs> yeah. It's all about design. It's, it's all about yeah. craftsmanship. And it's really that that exposed joinery craftsman uh, aesthetic that I'm going for. Drive I just like to put, put fake uh, plugs in all of my work to make it look like there's something <laughs> That's underneath the it. Movie. Yeah. That's yeah. the problem. <laughs> and so and at what point do you paint the dovetails on the on the, the edges there? Oh, I uh, well, what I like to do is I just like to give it a, a nice like primer coat, just all yeah. white, and then sand yeah. it. I can really give it the distressed look. Yeah. And yeah. Once, I've, once I've done that, um, I like to just like break things and glue it back together, and like <laughs> like you know kintsugi. And then take a. Uh, do you like to take it like a, a chain and yeah, smash exactly. before you stand? That's how you distress it. it. Yep. And then uh, and then of course on top of that is the ocean pour. Otherwise, it's not a piece of furniture. No. It's it's not real furniture without an epoxy pour somewhere. You're not if you're not doing an ocean pour. If you're not getting the crispy white cells on top of that piece of furniture, what are you doing? Oh yeah, buddy and paint like, make it paint. Summertime's <laughs> upon us. I mean, it's it's you know bikini season's right around the corner, guys. And what gotta, better way to to get the ladies to come over my house in, in that mindset? Than with uh, a river pour ocean situation, right? <laughs> yeah. It's really what it's all about. So, what a yeah, I, don't know if, I don't know if you checked it on my uh, Tinder profile, but uh, <laughs> I do ocean pours. Mm. Oh, you know, a lot of guys open with the uh, like the picture of them holding a fish. Just <laughs> holding yes. a fish. That's what I lead with right there, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, listen. It's hard being single in your thirties. Okay, you know, you got to take. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> I was. I was. Bella, stop. I was there a year ago. So you feel me? You feel the pain? Oh, totally, man. It's. I'm telling you, man. It's any any time that um, my fiance and I. Okay, uh, so we can talk uh, about it. The drop. <laughs> well, I just I just got to say that. Anytime like one of her single friends comes over, the first thing that I do, obviously I like tell them hey and stuff. And I'm like, open up your dating apps. I want to see what's <laughs> dude, dude, there are some there are some some winners out there. All I'm gonna say is that. Man. Like I mean, I mean what Eric just said, like a guy, you know, holding up a, a, a fish, 90% of the profiles out there, that's what they are. Just first picture. Some dude wearing sunglasses, a hat on a boat with a fish. Like, hey, this could be you. Yeah. I mean, listen, we could do a whole second episode. Yeah, we could do a whole second episode of just me telling you like terrible date first date stories off of like Bumble, Tinder, Hinge, all the Oh, I can too, man. I had my Uh, first uh, ghosting uh, experience uh, a year and a half ago. (laughs) Well, okay, Ben, you said something. I want to come back to that. But you're gonna go. You're gonna go last on what you've been up to. Me. Yes. So okay. Sedge is next. Sedge, what have you been up to? Um, not much. Um, had a couple uh, family crises, so I just been kind of taking care of the house, and and um, I, d- I shot some content on Sunday. I got a new hand plane, uh, Bridge City HP8, and I did a, a video on that. Um, so really need a little, uh, mini block plane and that's about it. I guess, uh, I just received a really nice package from woodpeckers. 
Mm. <laughs> so I did. I'm going to open it up tomorrow. Uh, hmm, I wonder from, what it is. From King Peckerwood himself. <laughs> so I'm pretty stoked. I'm going to be doing it. I'm telling you, man. So that's what I've been up to. Just maintaining, trying to get through. My uh, my son had uh, open heart surgery last week. So uh, Marianne's down in Florida right now, taking care of, helping, taking care and stuff like that. So you doing better? Yeah. Man. Yeah, he got out of ICU today, and they nice. brought him home. But um, he lost his, his voice. Um, he his they uh, bruised his larynx, I guess, with the tubage. So uh, he can't talk right now, and they don't know when or if his voice is going to come back. So that's wow. one of those things that happens, right? And open heart surgery. So Jeez. just you know, just maintaining. That's about it. Trying to get through with everything. Yeah. So I don't mean to be a downer or anything. It's just that's, no. that's what I've been up to. No, we appreciate you yeah. sharing it with us, man. Mm. And we, we hope that everybody pulls through and Oh yeah. You know. He's he's a tough kid, man. Just you just don't know. You know, he's a, a fitness fanatic. He's probably he's so ripped, he's shredded, and he's in the gym twice a day sometimes, and you just don't know when shit stuff happens, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. he's always been a fitness fanatic and just stuff happens, right? You get a bubble on his aorta and it could have turned into an aneurysm. So they had to get uh, pretty much an emergency uh, open heart surgery on him. He made the choice. It was the smart thing to do. Yeah. yeah. So no, for sure. Yep. He'll, he'll, he's just a hell of a open heart surgery, man. They do a lot to get in there and, they got to crack your, your sternum and blah, 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 blah. And it's about an eight week. It's a hell of a recovery. Yeah. So yeah. he's all set. He, he's he's going to do good. He's a tough kid. I'm pretty proud of him. So that's good. That's, good. Man. <laughs> that's what I've been up to. And, and I'm kind of been a bachelor. Hey, uh, hey, I'll tell you, man. Well, Going wild, been, getting these green, getting these dream horseshoes. Dude, yeah. I was on Grinder last night. It was freaking <laughs> awesome. I'm going to need to see the ocean poor pick. That's just, all. No, no, it's, you it's should see pick. the... No. It's a pick of the fisherman uh, on that. It's a pick of, <laughs> of Sedge with his dream horse shoes. He's like... That's it. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Look at the flames. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! So that's what I've been up to. What do you what been up you, to, Ben? Benjamin, gentlemen, this has been an amazing week. A lot of things have happened over the last seven days. We'll go from least important to most important. Okay. Um, tomorrow. Tomorrow. My very last forever college class. Woo! That's it. No more after this. I got a couple of art stuff to submit for one of my classes. I have one paper to write and then we're done. Then we're done. I'm very excited about that. Um, cool. Jen and I started uh, a diet on Saturday and I've already lost 11 pounds. And also on Saturday, I got engaged. Nice. Mazel tov, my man. First Thank of you. all, congratulations. You, you got engaged on Saturday. You started a diet Saturday. You're down 11 pounds. I have a feeling I know what that diet is. <laughs> what? Go on. Tell us, Jason. Have you left the bed since Saturday? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. 
There's not burning lots of calories there. Now we, we both started, um, uh, a keto type diet on Saturday. So it's, Hey, congrats, man. That's awesome. I didn't know. I haven't said anything because Nicole mentioned something to me. We knew you were doing it. We didn't know. Like, remember said she got all angry at us when oh, we were at the house. She, she like, got a little bent. She, she got bent. Yeah, she got bent. <laughs> we knew that you were going to do it. We just had no idea when you were going to do it. So yeah. she told us that you did. And then they're like, well, we're trying to keep it hush hush because you want to she tell. But heard about that. You want to tell I the said, family. I, I mean, when well, I say no, butthurt, I mean, no. loosely, you know, Nicole, like she wasn't like, how dare well, you? And like screaming well. in German, like Shiza. <laughs> <laughs> schnitzel and i and i said schnitzel. i didn't know he started keto <laughs> yeah <laughs> i didn't know he started keto nicole you didn't yeah, tell sorry me. you didn't no, say anything about it we haven't said anything like i was gonna do stories and stuff and then i'm like no because i don't yeah we're we're um, gonna tag you do they know we're, yet? we're no we're, we're telling the girls on friday and her parents that same day so we've been okay kind so of, by the time this comes out they'll know yeah 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 by the time this comes out everybody will know i, I will have already made a, a post by the time this this podcast comes out um yeah so we we started scheming how we're going to tell the girls on on friday and then her parents the same day so once that happens then it'll it'll be posted out on all the socials what is wrong with you that's awesome, man. Yeah, man. I'm really excited. She was um, completely caught off guard. Had no idea that I was going to be doing it, which is what I wanted. So, okay, um, it's only fair that you tell us how you did it. So we're like, it's like this- Sex in the City right now. All of us girls, <laughs> I want to be girl talk. I'll be Samantha. Want to hear? Okay, story. guys. So listen up. Okay. Yeah. Um, so our, our first date, I took us to, um, she said yes. I took us to a place to get drinks and then, um, Ooh, liquor up, Buffalo we, Wild Wings. Well, well, drinks, Romantic. drinks, and, uh, and, and dinner. And then we went, uh, to a, an escape room and like, that was our, that so was our she first couldn't date. run away. Smart. <laughs> well, that's kind of like, that's kind of like what I call a dungeon. Oh, you can't solve the clues, Blondie. I guess you're in here forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let, me get, let me get the whips. Oh. <laughs> and on, on Friday, I went hung out with Garrett from Kim and Garrett Make It. Oh, cool. Because they're, they're here in Richmond. So uh, Friday, I went to uh, – well, I went and hung out with Garrett for a little bit, which is cool. He's, he's a patron now. Um, nice. And – Went to uh, a different escape room that's kind of a little bit closer to her place. Um, coordinated everything, like how they're going to do the ring and stuff like that. And um, I, I didn't tell her that I had a date plan. And so Saturday, probably around noon, she, she knew that we were going to go to dinner on Saturday later that day. Um, and so at, at, at about noon, I was like, Hey, we're, we're going to go somewhere first before we, um, before we get dinner. She's like, well, you didn't tell me that we were going anywhere. I'm like, yeah, we, we're, we're going to go somewhere. She's like, well, where I'm like, like I'm going to tell you that. Like I, I, cause I never tell her where we're going when I plan our dates. Um, and so we go to the escape room. She's like, Oh, cool. You know, escape room. Cause we haven't done one since our first date. And so I was kind of hoping that she wouldn't catch on, but this whole time she, she assumed that it would either be the proposal would either be 
uh, the same weekend that we started dating, which is two weeks from now, from the time we're recording, or sometime after graduation, because we're we're doing the, the Chicago trip. She thought that it would be then. Um, and so we we go to the end of the escape room, and like I'd already talked to the guy that was going to set up the box for me at like outside of this this escape room. And so, like, we go to we go into the escape room that, or the like the little main lobby area, or whatever. I'm like, oh, hey, I, I need to go to the bathroom real quick. She's like, okay. And so I like romantic. Went, yeah, I went and talked to the guy and gave him the ring. And um, I was like, well, wh- where is this going to come out? Because I had never done this escape room before. And so he like showed me where it was, and like it wasn't where the bathrooms were. And so Jen saw us walking to where this this table was going to be at the end of the escape room. I'm like, shit, she saw us. And so then I go back and I actually go to the bathroom because I had to you know, make it seem like it was legit. But all, all that to say, she was none the wiser. And so we, we go through the escape room and we're having fun or whatever. Well, the very last puzzle, it requires the players to be in separate rooms. And so she's like at the exit. I didn't know that that was the exit. And so I'm in another room, like hitting these sequence of buttons to, to try to open up the, the, the exit door. And so I like, hey, she's like, oh, hey, it's open. And so I like have to like sprint through this crazy spaceship escape room thing, you know, to try to get to where she's at. And so she like opens the door and like the the guy that uh, laid it out, he did like a really good job. He had tables like really centered and clean and like the ring was presented and all this other stuff. And she like sees it, but it doesn't click at first because she's like, wait, is this another part of the escape room or, or like, are we done? <laughs> and, um, and so she like turns around and sees me and I'm just like smiling. And then she's like, Oh shit. Like it, you know, it, it like hits her. <laughs> um, and she just like starts crying immediately. Um, and what's, because what's, she knew what the rest of her life was about to be like, <laughs> 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 what's, what's funny is, you know, and obviously I get down and, um, asked her to marry me and stuff like that and the rest is history but what's funny is the day before we were talking about one of her friends who had a, an engagement recently and um, she was saying how like you know when, when you when you propose to me like you, like I want you to like say more than just like hey do you want to get married and I'm in there thinking like well yeah like I'm not gonna just say hey, hey here's here's your ring but what's funny is like she was all talk that Friday and then after Saturday, she was like, I don't even know what you said. Like, I was so like caught off guard. Like, I don't even remember what you said. I don't remember what I said. I don't even remember what happened. She was like, it was just like this world. So it was just, it was funny kind of seeing her eat her own words about, you know, saying certain things. And not that she was like scripting me to say, she just was saying that I want you to say more than just, Hey, here you go. But, um, it was really fun. And then after we, we went to a, a really nice restaurant and celebrated that and it was good, man. It was, it was a really good, uh, a really good weekend. And she, even now she's, she still can't really believe that it's, that it's happened and that we're engaged. And did you thank the patrons for paying for the ring? I did. I did. Um, could not have, could not have bought that $50,000 ring without you guys. So man. just wanted to, just oh, wanted to say thanks. My God. Life, buddy. It's that Patreon. Oh, I mean, Jason's got his jet. What's my thing to stories for one episode of that Patreon? <laughs> so, like, we're gonna make we'll it. We'll get you. We'll get you two pickup pencils. 
Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's two pencils I didn't have before, buddy. Yeah. Well, Sedge, those off Sedge, table. you got dream Sedge horse is like, shoes. Wait, what? Okay. Yeah, you got, you got one Pekka. <laughs> yeah, but you have dream horse oh, shoes. No, Sedge tool bought these. Look at that. Look at the flame. Look at that. <laughs> Look, you can see keeps, through. Look, you can I see through. I love how through. he keeps showing. He keeps saying the cool. flame. He keeps saying the flame. Look, yeah. it's almost Look, like he's trying to. The, you can see. You can see through the soul. It's awesome. It's like he's trying to convince himself that they're really cool looking. Like what, what I really. Yeah, I might send. I might send them back. What I really want is all of the people who listen to this audio only to draw the shoes that they see in their head and send it to you guys. Just based off of Sedge's description. All things Sedge is wearing. Yeah, put it put it in your stories and tag Green Series <laughs> Podcast. I'll, I'll give you a hint. It looks like a clown shoe. Yeah. Hey. It, it looks like it, it looks like if a clown and Nike had sex and then spit out a a baby shoe for trendy. It looks like a mask. Uh, cross when you do that, Sedge. Looks like that's a... that's what it looks like. Yeah, those are those are awful. I hope you don't like those. Don't ever wear those in, in front of me, please. Can't wait to come over and paint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I could paint them white. So uh, Ben, I, I have a big question to ask you. What what's your living situation going to gonna be what do you mean like what do you what are you gonna do are you gonna be moving or is she oh no 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 she's she's gonna she's gonna sell her place and um and move in with us at some point so Mm. interesting because i I mean i have to because of the kids well yeah yeah Uh, yeah yeah she'll move it she'll sell in about 20 years and move in (laughs) yeah that's where we're planning on i mean uh-oh. She's like, honey, the market's just really bad right now. It's not a good time to sell. Yeah. It's sell right now. Marriage doesn't have to be cohabitation, you know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there, are some, the there, are some, you... there are some couples that do that. Like, they're, they're like, what? much, much older. Like, they just don't, like, they're so beyond, like, moving in with someone else at, at that point in their lives. They're just like, look, we can be married, but... You keep your house. I'm gonna keep my house. I love that idea of being like, listen, I love you, but I don't want to see you every day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. Oh we, man. Here we go, Ben. Are you you're yeah. at Jen's house right now, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say it's too nice to be your place. Yeah. Oh hey yo. Oh hey yo. So do we have a specific thing that we were gonna talk about tonight? We do. We do. Um, back at WorkbenchCon, Eric and I uh, chatted up one night about um, about design and art in woodworking. I knew it was going to be something like that. And and I, I already kind of pre-gamed Eric about it. Um, and so, yeah, because I think that, that we each are going to come at this from a very different perspective, and especially Eric, being that he... He's um, discipline trained in, in creating really, really exquisite pieces. And so before we, we even get to that, Eric, can you, can you tell everyone about the, um, the woodworking school that you went to when you went to it? Like what was, sure. what, what kind of led you up to, to going to it and, and stuff like that? Oh, man. Well, I, I'll start back at like the moment I decided I was going to be a furniture maker because it was a very clear moment. It was like falling in love with a girl, man. It was, it was an instant i was uh what was i 20 maybe 19 uh and i was i was 
you know, doing the thing that like I thought I wanted to do, like getting fine woodworking magazines and American Woodworker and, and ordering DVDs and things like that. And uh, I got a sample DVD of uh, Paul Sellers in American Woodworker. And uh, I actually later went on to, to learn from Paul in a few classes. But he it was like a 10 minute DVD of him like cutting edge bandings by hand. Uh, and just inlaying this uh, mm-hmm. uh, black and white, you know, ebony and holly edge banding around a table. Um, and no measurements, no nothing, just doing it all by eye. And I literally, my girlfriend at the time was kind enough to just like indulge me in watching these things with me. And I just turned to her and I was like, oh, that's that's what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. She was like, what? I was like, I don't, that, I don't know what that is, but that's what I'm going to do, you know? <laughs> it was, it was, I don't know, it was a very strange moment of clarity of just like, I don't know who does that. I don't know how to get there. I don't know what that path looks like. There's nobody in my family who's a, who's a craftsman. There's nobody in my family who's an artist. Um, but it was, it was like falling in love. It was just like, whatever it takes to figure out how to get there, that's where I'm going. So how did you, how did you even get exposed to it then? If no one around you had uh, ever done it? I grew up in the trades, you know? Um, so I was on job sites. Um, my father was a maintenance man and a handyman. Um, I grew up as a carpenter and, and doing electrical work and plumbing work and framing work and all the things. Uh, and then I kind of, it, it just kind of refined itself over time. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I enjoyed doing the finished carpentry uh, for a time and then, um, and I think that's kind of why I fell in love with wood and, and with furniture specifically is it, I didn't know at the time that I was doing it, that, that I wanted to be an artist. Um, I just thought that I wanted to make things out of wood. And I think building furniture was kind of that, you know, it was the nineties. It was the early aughts. Like there still had to be like a, like a little bit of machismo in there. Like, Oh, I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. oh, making furniture. <laughs> oh, what you could have worn a tank top while you worked with wood. Yeah, you know, you got to live your life. Um, and so that's how I got exposed to it. Uh, and, and then once I kind of had that realization of furniture is the way I want to go, um, I was still living in the, the greater Philadelphia area at the time. And uh, I literally was just like shooting out emails and and calling like blind calling people trying to find anybody to apprentice me. Uh, mm-hmm. And this would have been 2009, 2010. So like not a great time to try to find yeah. work. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, hey buddy, we're in the middle of a crisis right now. I don't know if you need to do that. You're like, listen, I know you can't hardly feed your family, but like, do you want to take <laughs> uh, and so at some point um, the guy who ran the Philadelphia furniture show basically just gave me the bit of advice. He was like, go to school. It's mm-hmm. not, not because you can't oh, learn cool. a trade without going to school, but the connections that you'll make at school, yeah. make the investment worth it. Yeah. Um, and for what it's worth, I found that to be 150% true. Like every positive thing that has come about in my career has been a direct or secondary connection to CFC or Peter Korn. Um, so it's paid itself back in spades. Um, and it's, and it's all culminated by being on this podcast. I mean, you know, know, it's all full circle now after this podcast and be like, listen, I made it. It's fine. Just put me on the cover of the, uh, the, you know, monthly, uh, CFC situation over there. Like put me on the homepage at the website. I'm a big deal. 
Uh, I made it, Ma. I made it. <laughs> I made it. Um, so, yeah. So then, uh, you know, tinkered around, went to and did some classes. Like I said, um, found Paul and, and took a couple of classes from him and then ended up going to do the nine month program at CFC in 2012, Ooh. 2013, um, which is the longest program that they offer up there. And the reason I, I chose CFC over other schools like North Bennett street or, um, college of the Redwoods, or the Krenoff school as it's known, um, is because the, the blend of craftsmanship and design was kind of where I wanted it to be. You know, it was, it was like, and there's nothing against the other two schools. They're brilliant schools. There's a, there's a bunch of really fantastic schools, but they have their thing. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Benistry is we make production or, or period furniture mm-hmm. um, or hand tool school. Krenov is we make Kronovian style furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas CFC and, and my teacher, Alan Lewis, among many other fantastic teachers, um, he is a brilliant furniture maker and a fantastic teacher and is really like, you know, wherever you want to take this, let's take it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I give Alan a lot of credit because he and I had some fundamental philosophical differences about how to approach furniture at the time. Um, and I think I drove him a little bit batty, but he was always very patient with me while I was trying to figure out how to like, you know, incorporate hand tools and, and that kind of almost slow production style, right. That intimate production style into, uh, you know, making furniture for a living, which was not his style. Um, so did that 2012, 2013, uh, got out from there and, uh, bounced around cabinet shops and, and, you know, doing my own thing, uh, on the side, really trying to figure out, how to it's it because it's one thing to design and build interesting objects in a class setting right we've mm-hmm. all had classes you have teachers there who can bounce ideas off of you can figure things out you can take aesthetic risks because there's it, no buyer it, it's kind of in a bubble you, you kind of create design in a bubble right whereas you get out into the real world and you go oh i need to make objects that people actually want to buy you, you got to uh, deal with all the karens yes. and the right, right. <laughs> can and, you make a shaker table Man, I actually did, you know, Jason, Jason said earlier, beating something with a chain. Uh, I legit did that for a piece early on in my career. This lady, I mean, who hasn't? Let's literally, <laughs> <laughs> this lady literally sent me a pottery barn photo and she was like, can you make that for me? I was like, yeah, I mean, I want to eat. So I guess I yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to put food on the table, brother. Right. We've all done that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So bounced around for several years doing that, um, doing odd jobs on the side, um, you know, just trying to figure out how to, how to live this life. And then um, I was lucky enough to get a job teaching wood shop and sculpture, uh, you know, grades five through 12 and, and did yeah. that for four years. And that in some ways was kind of my own education in design and sculpture because I went in as like, a woodworker as a furniture maker, even though I knew I had an inclination previous to that, that like sculpture was kind of where I wanted to go. Um, but I really, I had to force myself to learn like the fundamentals of art in order mm-hmm. to teach kids how to do that. Um, yeah. 
And so that was a brilliant experience in and of itself. That's awesome. You mentioned you had smashed things with a chain. Oh yeah. Have you also made fake wormholes with a screw? Oh, for sure. For sure. And Mm. took an old toothing plane from like 1890 or whatever, those V style teeth and just, you know, beat the blood. The worse that it looked, the more she loved it. Oh yeah. (laughs) And I'll never, that was, that was one of the more distress, Eric, more distress, please. That was one of the first commissions I ever did. And I remember delivering it. I had it wrapped up in blankets, obviously. And I just remember thinking like, what a piece of trash, man. Why did you have it wrapped up in blankets? If it got dinged, yeah. it was just more distress. <laughs> yeah, like, and, she, and she loved it, right? Oh my God. Like literally like welled up with tears. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. This is what moves you as a human? <laughs> man. Okay. All right. It's so, exactly like what I saw in Pottery Barn. I love yeah. it. So I wanted to, to mention, I know that I know we want to get into the topic, but the sculpture that you did that you carved the woman's figure out of the the wood mm. how crazy did that go on social media <laughs> well you know what's funny is like i get i get a lot of feedback from it now but at the time like sculpture doesn't do very well on social media um because <laughs> people you know i mean Hey, we can, we can laugh at ocean pores all we want, but like, there's a reason. That's what, yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, so, I like the boat table. <laughs> boat table. That was beautiful, man. That was my refusal to do a river table. I know. I loved it. Um, well, what, what was the inspiration for you to, to carve that? Cause I remember when you did that I, at first, I was like, what the heck is he doing? And then I was like, that's actually really freaking cool. Like, what was your inspiration for that? Were you just there, like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to screw. There were a few things. Screw. I'm going to carve uh, a woman's figure out of wood. Listen, sometimes you need to, like, make your own girlfriend, you know? <laughs> I mean, you are single, so clearly you're what lonely. Is this weird you, science? You talk about it? Yeah. Uh, How lonely are you? <laughs> listen, it's getting hard out here, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, hey man, look, you know what this bumble game's like, this hinge game. You don't know what it's like out here, man. <laughs> no, that piece actually came about toward the end of uh or, or just after quarantine, I guess. Um, so that was the end of 2020. And um I had started over quarantine to dabble in figurative sculpture, and I'd never done that before. I didn't have any proper training in that. Uh, and so I'd done some clay pieces. I had done some small scale things and I just decided, uh, I had this Oak log, um, that I had cut down from my mother's yard, you know, four or five years ago. And I had a few sections of it and I decided I, I wanted to do a full scale figurative piece. Um, and so I, I dove into it kind of with the understanding that like, it might end up being a table. It might just end up being a sculpture. Um, I didn't really know where it was going, but I wanted to explore that. And it felt like a good time to do that. So I gave myself a week um, in between Christmas and New Year's at the end of 2020 and, uh, and did that. I will say uh, that that was kind of fresh into the first uh, relationship I had been in in three years maybe so like that probably influenced it a little bit 
Coming well, out of quarantine, haven't been around any people for a while. No, listen, you know, you, did you start at the knot pole and the log? Yeah, <laughs> rubbing that hardwood. <laughs> Telling but, you, man. Uh, that that was a fun piece to explore. I, I do like that piece, and um, I've done a few more figurative things actually. But I do want to do a male counterpart to that, hopefully within the next year. Oh, Ben will be your uh, model for that. <laughs> Listen, buddy, you know, I need, I pulled my own measurements for the female model. So I need a proper mm. male. <laughs> yeah. What's that? What's that one sketch with Will Ferrell where he's, he's the, the nude, nude artist for the art class. <laughs> you call yourself an artist. You wouldn't know true art if it was out in the parking lot waiting to give you hepatitis, which it will be doing. <laughs> So Eric, how oh God. Do, you, do you feel that, that at this point now that you have, um, do you have like your own style, I guess, or do you have your own uh, spin on, on doing furniture pieces? Because, you know, looking at your, um, at your Instagram, you know, th- like there really isn't this one unifying detail that I could see. I mean, it, it, it almost feels like you just kind of try anything and everything. Um, so yes, yeah, so, so, I mean, have you? Do you feel like that you've you've come up with your own style of things, or is that something that you're still kind of exploring? No, um, I think I'm. I intentionally try to avoid kind of falling into the the. I mean, I don't want to call it a rut um, that has a pejorative feel that I, you know, I don't want to throw that on people who have a style. But yeah. for me, what I find engaging about what I do and what we do is, is the intellectual pursuit of like trying to find something new yeah. uh, or just seeing if I can do something that somebody else has already done because I can't mm. do it, you know? Um, and so when I'm coming up with a concept for a piece, there's kind of two ways that it, that it goes. First, I might come up with a concept and then that might inform how the piece ends up looking visually. Right. So I recently did a cabinet um, where the outside was all quarter sawn cherry and it was, it was, you know, kind of understated and the doors just had the tiniest little bit of texture to them. Uh, and then on the interior is divided into two and on the right hand side is uh, a walnut, uh, crotch that's just super loud and super vibrant. Um, and then on, on the left hand side, everything is kind of very well proportioned, very quiet. The back panel is an English sycamore that's all quartered and straight grain. And so there's this juxtaposition. And what I was hoping to uh, represent was kind of the duality of, of humanity, right? We mm-hmm. are all more than one thing. We all yeah. have the capacity for, you know, profound good and all have the capacity to do terrible things. Yeah. We're, we're not inherent, just one thing. It's that potential is always there. Right. And so, I was, that's what I was hoping to represent with that. Now, whether somebody reads it as that or not is, is yeah. almost irrelevant. That's, that was the exploration that I was having. So that's one way that, that, that can go. The other way is um, choosing a technique or a, a visual that I want to reinterpret. And then quite frankly, like, I just like, we, we think that copying is a bad thing. Everything's already been done, y'all. Yeah, Just yeah. like do the thing nobody yeah. else done. Yeah. And and for me, I think that I am maybe not as good a craftsperson 
uh, as I could be, or maybe that's an unfair way to, to put it. But when I try to, to recreate somebody else's work, I know that it's going to come out slightly differently. Mm-hmm. And that in and of itself will end up being my own take, which is part of the reason why I love hand tools and, and that process of being intimate with the wood is because like, you know, then your hand might do one thing. My hand can try to rep- replicate what you do, but it's just going to come out ever so slightly yeah. different. Yeah. You know? Uh, and, and so in copying other people's work, it ends up kind of being consumed and regurgitated in my own way. Yeah. What's the saying? Uh, good artists copy, great artists steal. Oh, a hundred percent. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's just, I, and, and I, I encourage people to steal from me all the time. You know, people will DM me and be like, Oh, I love that. Do you mind if I copy that idea? I'm like, go for it, man. Because yeah. when you do it, it's going to end up looking different from the way that I did. And even if it doesn't, who cares? Like the goal is the object and to make my life in your life better by contributing something positive to the human experience. And if you can do that, and I can encourage you to do that, then I've done everything I want to do. So that's a really interesting point, kind of going back to, what you're saying with with certain styles that people have and i want to say that it's almost like um people have a tendency to to we well as humans we latch on to what's familiar right like the friends that we have they're pretty much all the same for the most part you know there may be slight variations but more or less they're all the same people um it's very rare that there is like just this huge variety of people that we surround ourselves with and, you know, it's, it's interesting that you say that, that you don't really feel like you have a style because you're always trying new things. You're always trying to get inspired from other, from other people. And do you think that is, especially as a business owner, do you think that in a business owner that does purely custom work, does that present a challenge in the sense of, of your time? Because, you know, as humans, we, we try to find the path of least resistance. We try to find naturally what's going to be the easiest way for me to do this, you know, maximum effort with least amount of energy. And so for someone that does pure custom work, um, you know, is that a challenge for you to always come up with, with a new idea or a new take or a new perspective versus because the easiest thing would be to, to, you know, make, make a pottery uh, barn table and just mass produce, mass produce, mass produce, and just, you know, sell the living hell out of it. Do you think that's, you know, is that challenging for you to always come up with that new thing? Um, I mean, it can be. Um, I will say off the jump that nobody should ever take my business advice. (laughs) It's not, that is not my forte. Uh, So with that caveat on there, um, I've been lucky to find clients who, um, understand respect and value my process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, okay. what I, what I try to be upfront with everybody as soon as I can is just like explain to them how I work and why I think what I do has value. And, um, what I often tell them is I don't think that I get paid to build your piece. I, I think I get paid to think about your piece. Because anybody can build a cabinet, right? Yeah. Like anybody can build a box. 
and 99% of woodworking is just boxes. Yeah. Um, what the, the reason that you're paying me to build a piece and not somebody else to build a piece is because I will think about and approach your objects in the way that I know how, which is going to be inherently different if I'm honest and capable of it, um, than, than anybody else can approach it. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, that's a terrible business model. <laughs> I was just going to, how do you find your clients? Where did you clients um, come from? So they, they, that come they from, from Instagram you this much. Uh, want this and design it. I lo- I missed that last part. Say again. Oh, I might be frozen. I uh, might. Yeah, I'm. The, I keep bumping off and on, and I can't follow the conversation. I apologize. No, what was the last thing you said? Uh, we, well, we, we we caught everything, Sedge. Just the oh, last you part. caught everything. Okay, so yeah. what I was asking is, hey, where do your clients come from? But um, how do they come up to you and say, Hey, um, I want something for my foyer. Um, I'd like to have a, a hall table and then you go sure. respect my design on it. Uh, let me come up with a design for you. How does that work? So, because so it, it, that interests me the most. Do, yeah. What I try to do with the clients right up front is, um, figure out what the creative limitations are. Uh, and if I can establish what those are, then there's a lot of freedom within those, those mm. boundaries, right? It's, it's like, you know, the writer says the, the most intimidating thing is the blank white page, right? Mm-hmm. Once you Absolutely. figure out what the story has to be about, then it's just telling a story, right? Right. Um, so I'll give you an example. This, this past summer, I did a commission for uh, a woman who lives on a vineyard in New Jersey, and what she wanted was when you first walk in their house, they, it's, it's a young vineyard. They just built this house like within the last year or two. When you first walk into their house, it opens up into this kind of living room, entertaining room area. And directly through the living room, there's this giant pane of glass that looks out onto the young vineyard. And you can see all these, and you know, like vines have all kind of these weird organic curves, oh, yeah. a lot of movement to them. And what she wanted was uh, the first thing you see when you walk in is the back of the sofa. So she wanted a sofa table or a sculpture to go on the back of there. So said, okay, let's figure out how we can kind of make something that gives me the freedom to work and create as the thing comes up, um, but gives you what you want. So she had specific dimensions. It had a height, a width and a length. And uh, in the, she wanted it out of Walnut and she wanted it to kind of, have something to do with the vineyard. That was really where the creative limitation <laughs> like. And, you know, sofa tables have a general kind of dimension to them. Mm-hmm. And so from there, uh, I just said, okay, you know, I will, I'll send you a rough sketch of what kind of, I think it's going to be. And then I'll call you when it's done, <laughs> you know? Wow. And, uh, and we set a budget and, and what I ended up doing was I asked her to, to pull about five or six images from the vines out uh, back and uh, just pulled some of the lines from there and ended up essentially creating five independent sculptures that were all kind of articulated toward each other uh, with a top on it. And the hope was conceptually again, 
that I wanted these five sculptors to kind of have this loose vibe to them that, that almost felt like five people at a party that were like a little bit wine drunk, you know, and kind of having a good time and like in community with one another. Um, and this of course is the table that she said that, you know, she would put like gifts on when they host parties and, and things of that nature. Uh, and it, it ended up like when I installed the piece, she didn't see the final piece before I installed it. So I installed it and she came out and, you know, you see the piece, you see the living room and you see the vineyard out back. And the lighting was just so that it was casting a shadow uh, of the sculpture onto the back of the couch as well. And she came out and her husband came out. And the first thing that she said was she was like, oh, the shadow almost makes them look like they're dancing in the firelight. And I was like, got it. I love man, what I do, man. Because like the second you get an interesting interpretation from anybody, let alone the client that you just made it for, it's like, yeah, it's a win. It's, it's fantastic. It's, yeah. it's, it was a level that I hadn't even considered when it happens, you know, is just out of curiosity. Is that the one? That's the table. That's the table. Yeah. yeah that yeah. is super cool. Yeah. That was a fun one. And there is there, uh, a those, couple those are called curves, Jason. <laughs> yeah. yeah never mind i hate it Pat, uh, patrick would love this after that you can see uh i i'm almost sure that i did post the uh image of the piece in place against the back of the couch um so that's how that works and you know and like i said this piece that i'm working on now uh the kind of creative limitations are it needs to be a liquor bar she gave me rough dimensions she wanted two doors. She did not want frame and panels, which is why I did shops on veneers uh, uh, and did the door there. I'm going to add a little bit of curvature and texture to the handles. So it's not just a big box. Um, and all of it is coming from a tree that her father felled five years ago. Uh, and so Way cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. That That's what really makes a piece just it's always a story behind it that makes it more interesting than, than what it actually is, you know? And so again, but it's, it's just about establishing what the yeah. creative limitations are so that when the piece is delivered, cause I never, it's important to me to allow the piece to evolve as I make it. If I, if I mm. come up with an idea in my head, I know myself and my process well enough to know that it may not be the best choice when I'm actually looking at the object. So I need the freedom from the client to be able to make the decision in the moment to say like, that needs to go here or this needs to move or this line needs to change a little bit. Um, and so if we establish those creative limitations, then I know, okay, you're getting the things that you want out of the object and everything else is my playground to just see what happens and come up with things. What, what would you say for, um, any woodworker that wants to, and I don't want to say uh, spice up or, you know, what, what are some, some common things that a woodworker can apply to a project that, that takes it from just being a very simple box to something that is a little bit more ornate? Like what are, what are the, the, the down and dirty fundamentals that, that would, that really kind of transform something from, again, just a box to something a little bit more expressive or artistic or, interesting to look at i'm going to give you two bits of advice right off the jump that i give all of my students and the first one is the most important one and it's just don't be afraid to fail 
right? Yeah. Don't be afraid to make something ugly because when you're learning, you don't know that it's going to be ugly until you make it. You look at it and you go, oh, something's off about that. Yeah, and then you just get it, and then you just get a nail in the chain, and you just sell it to some lady named Karen that loves Pottery Barn. You know, like <laughs> um, just but, throwing a black turtleneck and be like, "So the exquisite right, right, right. of the table." It's just so uh, man, it's fine. Um, but I, I understand why people don't want to invest the time and money in machines, materials, etc., and then come up with a subpar object. I get that. Yeah. But if you don't take creative risks and really like teeter on the edge of, of something that you're not quite capable of, but it's like, it's just beyond your reach. So you can kind of get out into the water just a little too deep. If you can get there, if you can push yourself to get there, that's where interesting things happen, right? Yeah. Because you have the, the technical capacity to do the thing. You just, your toes just aren't quite touching the sand. Yeah. So get out just a little bit deeper than you're comfortable going and yeah. mm-hmm. don't be afraid to risk failure. And you know, you're going to make a hundred terrible looking things before you ever make something pretty. That's just, yeah, I mean, look at Jason's yeah. YouTube channel, you know, like <laughs> God almighty. Um, I've learned so he, much watching Jason on his YouTube channel. Lots, I think lots it's a of great things. channel, Jason. I've learned how I've to make so boxes. It's phenomenal. <laughs> um, no, people like you fascinate me because. Oh, what do you, what do you mean, people like him? People that got beards? Is that what you mean? Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah, weirdos with beards. Um, no, because like you, my brain doesn't work like that. I I don't. It is very hard for me to like think of a design for something. Like I need the inspiration of seeing. Like I'm going to be honest with you. That, I, I actually never saw that table when you had posted it originally. I think that is phenomenal. I would have never thought of that idea. So simple. It's a beautiful table. And to be honest with you, like I would love to challenge myself and make something like that. I'll probably rip it off and say that it was my design. And <laughs> you don't not give, give you any credit. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But, but seriously, like I wish that I was like that. And I would love to. And I feel like once I'm, you know done with the army and I have time to dedicate towards the business and more time to be out in the shop woodworking and stuff. Cause like for me, everything that I do is solely based off of either a need in the home or content. That's it. It has nothing to do with client builds. It doesn't force me to think outside the box. It's always like my time is limited. What can I do? I I need to figure it out. I'm going to do it. And then I'm going to move on to the next thing. And so I feel like when I have more time, I would love to design stuff like that, but my, I've tried to sit down before and think of designs on something. Um, you know, I would love to design a chair, you know, everybody's designing chairs and making templates and all this stuff, but legitimately I would love to come up with a chair design that is, that is kind of unique. But at the end of the day, I know it's not going to be unique. Like I'm the only one that's ever done it. It's going to be based off of all the other things that I've seen and become inspiration. Cause if I hadn't seen the things, I, I can't put that on paper. That's but that's you. A huge point though. What's that? I said that's such a huge point because if you don't take in uh, information, then visual information. I mean, you you can't like amalgamate that information into something new. You know, right? And I feel like every. I think it'd be silly to think that somebody 
never looks at anything and they're just sitting in a room and they come up with this design and it's totally unique. I don't think that that's true. Like I've, I've seen people get ridiculed for like stealing somebody else's design. And then they truly like, I probably did see this somewhere, but I thought about it one day and I'm like, I want to come up with this. I've probably seen it as a reference. That's kind of how I work. Like I don't, I always look for inspiration. It's very difficult for me to come up with something from scratch because even when I do try to do that and I think of something, I'm always, now I'm looking for examples of what it is that I'm trying to think of. And I think that everybody draws their inspiration, but the difference is, is the amount of inspiration that you probably need for something or the ideas that you need to visually see are so minuscule compared to me where I might say, I want to build a entryway table, right? Or a sofa table like that. I'm going to go to Google and I'm going to type in sofa table designs or sofa table ideas. And I'm just going to scroll through the pictures. And then I might see one or two things that kind of spark my interest. Maybe I see two things that have features that are different that I want to incorporate into one. But again, that would have never come out on paper for me if I would have just sit down and start sketching it out. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. I mean... I'm glad you brought up the the idea that your brain doesn't work that way because the truth is I don't think that mine does either. I think my brain is more scientific than it is artistic or creative. Um, and it wasn't until I figured out, and this is going all the way back to Ben's original question about like advice on how to zhuzh things up, if you will. Um, it it not until I figured out how to break down the, the elements and principles of design and kind of work them like a math equation did I figure out how design actually works. And so there are, there are these things you can Google and I have worksheets from when I was teaching about the elements and principles of design. They are essentially like seven basic building blocks, these elements of design. Uh, the way that I explained them was these are the raw materials that you use. So let's just call them like maple, cherry, walnut, oak, et cetera, right? There are seven of those. These are your basic building blocks. The principles of design are the tools that you use to manipulate those basic building blocks into it's, something interesting. It, it's almost, it's almost like thinking of, of, um, it's a different language and, and the, the design principles are the syntax for how that language is, is built together. Yes. That's an excellent way to phrase it. Um, and so what do you think design needs? Uh, somebody who is trying to just get attention on social media. They're like, Hey, look, we need to sell as many of these as we can to bald middle-aged men. What can we do guys? Give us your ideas. Like, all right, let's go green. Let's go Kevlar. Let's go. Let's go uh, steal toes, you know? They're sneakers, though. That's fine. Guys love steel toe, you know? Um, but I, I, I think what I encourage folks to do is to choose one element of design to focus on and then choose one principle of design to manipulate that element with. And then what ends up happening is, inevitably, you can't not use multiple principles of design. That's just mm-hmm. everything has line everything has form everything you know etc etc um most pieces are symmetrical you know everything has movement and but if you can focus have those download free downloads on your website 
I do actually. Yeah, I do have them on my website. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I forgot they were there. Yeah. <laughs> Good um, plug, Seth. So you can go check out my website if you want to download those for free. Um, but those those are those are like the building blocks. Like if you were to consider those the same as your fundamental joinery skills in, in furniture, right? You can't make furniture without knowing the dovetail, without knowing the rabbit, without knowing the mortise and tenon, without knowing the data, right? Those might be your four fundamental joints. Same thing with design. If you understand the, the fundamental building blocks and then how to manipulate those, then it, it really just becomes like a math problem instead of just floating out in the ether somewhere of like mm -hmm. what a thing should be. Jason, look, just get go to go to Target or Walmart. Just buy a bunch of black turtlenecks, okay? <laughs> buy some non-prescription glasses, and just walk around in the house like this. It is. Like, there's a lot of pacing. Nicole, feel this table. <laughs> what is it? What is it saying to you, Nicole? What does it sound like? What does it taste like, Nicole? Well, Eric brought up how we were, I was talking about how my brain doesn't work and how he doesn't think his does. Eric, have you ever seen that meme of all the hot dogs going at the face? That that's how, I love that one. That's how Ben's brain works. It's just that on repeat over and over and over mm. again. You gotta live your life, Ben. You know, like I said, hey, gotta earn money any way we can. You know, love what you love, buddy. You know, sometimes if it means taking a wiener to the face, then that's what I gotta do. You know, sometimes that's a panza brat. Panza brats. That's right. You gotta take a wiener to the face. Yeah, you're not a real man unless you've done that before. How can you say that you don't like it if you haven't tried it? You know. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Um, that's really good advice. And, and I definitely appreciate that. And, um, again, you know, this, this was terrible business advice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you yeah. know, I, I think that, um, I, I think that you have to pursue whatever it is that, that makes you happy. And, you know, right now, maybe it's not the best, you know, it's, it's not going to make you millions right now in 20 years, you know, you may make the next Maloof chair, you know, well, and beat and beat Jason out of it, you know? Oh man. Oh, my entire business goal is to just beat Jason, you know? So Well, you've already won, so yeah. like it doesn't take much. Buddy. Anybody with a pulse and a camera can beat Jason, so. I am I am wow. much more handsome though. I'm sorry, Eric. <laughs> wow. Jason's Jason's body sculpted in a different way. <laughs> yeah. Like a um, fucked up hourglass. <laughs> uh, Jason is sculpted more like a like a like a half empty sandbag. Stacked stacked on top of another half empty sandbag. Um, no, but there there is this there's this concept of the funnel, right? And essentially, what this is, if you do a field be, um, I don't know, an expert at, right? Whatever it is, doesn't matter what you choose to be exceptional at. You could be the best sandwich maker this side of the Mississippi, whatever it is. You're going to find yourself limited more and more by opportunities as you narrow what you want to do over time. Yeah. But then at some point, you're going to, to be recognized as a master of your craft. Mm -hmm. And 
the funnel opens up on the other side. Yeah. Then, so it's more of an right? hourglass than a funnel. It's more, it's more of, it's a Jason figure, you know, it's more of an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more of like this. <laughs> <laughs> I like the empty sandbag. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's really my, my whole business model is based off of, um, I don't know. I've been thinking about the idea of making quote good money lately uh, and not good money in the make a lot of money, good money in the like, I could take on by a jet that would yeah. make, well, if I don't have a jet, what am I even doing? You know, I know. Um, Sounds like you need patrons. Yeah. <laughs> um, if, if I take on a job that makes my life miserable in order mm -mm. to take the bills, then why am I doing this? Thing? You know what I mean? Like there, I could go back to teaching. I could, I could, do other jobs. Because that makes you miserable? Is that what you're saying, Eric? Say again? If I want to be miserable, I'll go back and be a teacher of a if bunch I of unappreciative kids. <laughs> I would go back and work 10 months a year with paid holiday, basic vacation, you know? <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, I chose this life because I, there's something about making objects that makes me profoundly happy. And yep. That's the mm. thing that I want to do with my life. And whether or not I'm doing that full-time or just part-time while I'm doing something that kind of, you know, uh, puts the uh, bill. Yeah. That, that accentuates that, that, that helps to nourish that, that kind of cleans the palate almost. Yeah. It's, it's about living a life that um, provides value to the people I love uh, to the community around me um, and encourages people to make things with their hands. Uh, and I just, I don't find that joy in making cabinets. So, yeah. you know, yeah. make weird objects instead. And if that's, you know, making a little bit less money to, to do something that I find meaningful, then that's a, that's a trade-off I'm willing to make. A no, life well-lived. That's yeah. it. Yeah. A life well-lived. Yeah, I mean, Sedge, he's a gigolo on the weekends. That's how he kind of helps and you know what? reset Sedge, the creative that, spirit, like, you know? That's, that's how he... Soul, you know, uh, edifying situation, then, like, rock those green sneaks. Get out there. And hook up with some random dudes that are going to pay you, you know? No, baby. I need to know your street name, though. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> He only said he only shares that with clients. You can't, <laughs> can't say it on the air. Yes. That's it. Well, awesome. Well, gentlemen, do you guys have anything else for Eric after this enlightening conversation? I feel like Jason, do you have any comments this week? Um I, I, I have I have one. I feel like we need to do it. I'm like scrolling way, way, way back in my uh, comments right now just to find some that I haven't already done. Um, we going. Are we going nasty comments? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, so uh, let me, Eric. Let me let me tell you about the segment that we have. It's called <laughs> it's called Get Bent. It's where we take all of the hatred from the internet, oh, and we so we excited. take that we take the contempt and we turn it into content here on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> I'm so excited for this. This is my so, favorite thing so, on the internet. So, Eric, if you have any hatreds that you would like to share with all of us. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pull up some doozies because my favorite thing, like, there's nothing that makes me happier than somebody commenting like, 
that was such a waste of time. And it was so <laughs> dumb. Why would you do that? And then I click on their profile. And it's like pictures of turtles. You're like, what's the yeah. this for your critique, my guy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, they have, this... what well, they have on their channel, they have two subscribers themselves yeah. in their hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And hey, hey, they made a box once. They know what they're talking about. But Eric, this is by far our most popular segment on the podcast. They get this segment. And so, yeah. And you can use whatever you can, you can encompass whatever persona you think this person actually has and then read your comments. So we each have our own. All right, Jason, what do you got? Do you have any, Ben? I don't. I'll I'll have his positive comments this week. Me too. Imagine that. Me too. All right. So, the first one I'll read is from, this is a relatively recent one. The other ones I scrolled back to like over four months ago. Cause I can all, again, I, all the negative ones I never respond to. So if I just go way back, I can, I can do it. But the first one is from the Domino versus biscuit joiner video. And it says, mm. wow, nine minutes of nothing but a crotch shot. LOL. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the camera was pointed at my crotch for nine minutes. It's a medium close up, everybody. Okay. It's I mean, a medium I was close up. Standing behind that's a table. It's cool. That's a hell of a domino. <laughs> the, is that the a four two. millimeter domino there? I can't tell. Yeah. Uh, uh, I like your biscuit. I didn't know dominoes came in that small. What is that? Ooh. Is that a Oh, that's from that's biscuit? from the domino. That's from the domino two fifty, isn't it? so the next one is from the (laughs) castle pocket old machine cutter this person states with all due respect nothing can beat the craig foreman pocket hole machine that castle pocket hole it's small and it looks like a meat grinder machine (laughs) (laughs) and instead of you using one hand to get the job done why should <laughs> so, Eric, just so you know, I, I always read these exactly like Oh, my God. So, and instead of you use, instead of you using one hand to get the job done, why should, <laughs> why should of you two different How, how big of a unit are you using, buddy? But listen to what he writes. Why should of you two different tools? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh. oh man another one from that video i, I love expensive, it i love it when people give comparative reviews pass. i love it when people give comparative reviews on an item that they've never used that's what i really like oh. yeah that's my favorite hold yeah, on let this me, is let me why scroll i love the internet bit. man it's a yeah. beautiful place here's one on my uh yeah. life installing life proof vinyl flooring this is so amateur Go get the proper tools to do the job. I hope you are not charging for this. <laughs> Must have missed the part where I said I was doing it to my own house. <laughs> what an idiot. Oh, man. Oh, I read this one before, but I want to read it again. <laughs> this, is, this is my 15 useful woodworking tools. <laughs> Remember this one. one hand to get the job done. This had to be like one of our first episodes, but this person says 
it comes off pretentious when you try to act thrifty when it comes to parallel clams while standing in front of a wall of festival tools. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, people are so... Mise en scene, Jason. Mise en scene. It's all about, it's all about the scene setup. Lately, I've, I've not been getting a lot of uh, negative comments. I haven't posted a freaking YouTube video. If I don't post one this week, it'll be a month, Man. which is like... I think I've only done that one other time in the last, I don't know, three years. Um, mm. I'm just trying not to stress about it so much because I have so many other things going on that like, I just don't have time. Hopefully next week I'll do one. And it'll be the, it'll be the announcement that I'm moving since people still are surprised when I tell them my stories are like, wait, you're uh, moving. What? <laughs> it's like, yeah, man, I'm moving. I've been talking about it for like seven weeks. <laughs> so I'm going to do like a tour of the new shop. They're going to uh, be like, oh, what an amateur job. Yeah, of course. I'm going to, I'm going to do a thumbnail that says like I quit and it's going to be like the background. All my tools are gone. Do you ought to do like a gag video and a just what? make it seem like someone broke into your shop and stole all your stuff. <laughs> yeah, I should start, start. And it then just that like way. end it, end it with you like walking up to the Ryobi section in Lowe's. <laughs> Um, I will tell you that, you know, going into retirement, I'm looking at my business in a completely different perspective. And one of the, one of the best videos I've had in the past, I don't know, year has honestly been that flooring video. Mm -hmm. And I look at that, not from the perspective of it was a DIY project that appeals to a larger audience. And it's not specifically focused on woodworking. I look at it from the perspective of the comments that I've received and them talking about they appreciate the way that I uh, did the instruction on it and how I went about doing it. And that's coming from somebody that has no desire in woodworking. They were trying to figure out how to install flooring. Yeah, and yeah. that was kind of a light bulb that went off in my head and said, I have a talent, and this isn't to sound big-headed, but I have a talent, and that is explaining things in a way for people to easily understand. Why would I not branch out and do things that are that will appeal to a larger audience. And the best part about it is, is that we're buying, we're about to move into another house. And believe me, the list of things that we are going to do to that house is growing and growing and growing. And I experienced a ton of stuff in this house and I plan on documenting all of it. And, you know, really truthfully making my channel more like Vince Woodworking and more where I am doing a combination of both woodworking and renovation style projects. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think when I do that, I think that my channel is going to dramatically change subscriber wise, monetarily. Um, it's going to open up way more possibilities for me. Um, and I enjoy it. You know, yeah. I like That's teaching it because it's, it's hard. It, it's stuff that people want to know and they want to find a way. If I, the most, one of the most common questions I get on that flooring video, even though that I was very reserved about doing that video, is this is the most concise video and best video on how to use this product. Yeah. Like better than the Home Depot videos, better than anything else. It's long. It's, you know me, it's very detailed and in-depth. Mm -hmm. Like I talk a lot about things, but people have found it extremely, extremely helpful. And they did flooring in their house. They were like, thank you so much. You know what I mean? I want to do that with more stuff. So kind of excited about it. I do think 
things will slightly shift, but I still have a, obviously a big focus on the, on the woodworking, but I don't want to limit myself because of my own personal yeah, internal feelings of, I don't want to upset my audience. My audience is going to get bigger. That's going to appreciate that. Yeah, I'm over it. Like, yeah, I'm so tired of that. Yeah. It's a challenge it's, it, for sure. That's really interesting because I'm, I've been, I've watched, I'm getting a new piece of equipment for my gym. Uh, actually it's going to be, I'll be able to use it outside. It's a new sled. And I watched two videos and they were out of the box and how to put it together. And this guy just posted from England a application on how to use it, how he uses it, why he uses it. People can do a video, and Ben, we've talked, but a different view hits somebody differently. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that's that's important. I think you can do you know, a video I, after video after video. But I think that we could one hundred percent, especially all of us, because we all create content for different platforms. And um, I mean, I, I legitimately think that could be an entire podcast episode talking about that. Um, yeah, I you know I, I've been writing these down. Every time we have one of these moments. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I've been diving list. and we'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up here soon, but I, I've been diving really deep into breaking down filmmaking um, because I, I hadn't really realized that filmmaking is a language. I mean, I, I alluded to it, oh, yeah. used as an analogy earlier, but it 100% is. Every shot is intentional. Every shot means something. It, it, it's almost like any other form of art expression. And so you know, being intentional about what you're shooting, why you're shooting it, how you're shooting it, what you're saying, how you're saying it, all those things are intentional at the big production levels. Um, and so it, I'm, I'm having to kind of wrap my, my brain around certain, certain concepts and it's, it's slowly starting to kind of take form, but you know, just how you said, Sedge, like everyone's going to look at, at every other kind of content and glean something completely different from it because they're looking at it through their own lens. And so that's just like you, Jason, I'm having to kind of get over that hurdle of um, not necessarily what are people going to think, but how are people going to take this? And at the end of the day, I can't control how people take my videos on any of my channels, you know? And so I think that the point is, is to kind of, like you were saying, Eric, just, you know, doing the things that, that ultimately make you happy, whether or not it makes a, 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 a certain dollar amount at this point. I don't think that that's the point, you know, that, and just again, said, you're saying, you know, living a life that's well lived. I think really that's all that I want to do mm -hmm. um, is just I mean, make videos, make videos in my basement, yeah. you know, like, yeah. Ben, I always, I, go ahead, Sedge. I always tell people, and it was really neat, Eric, when you said originally, um, you fell in love with woodworking. It was like falling in love for the first time. I tell everybody, always follow your passion. Who cares yeah. about money? It sounds funny. I know you got to put money on the table. It sounds funny. But I followed my passion. And I've coached people who come up to me and say, hey, you know, you do really well. I go, well, I paired everything off and followed what I loved. And that was woodworking. And uh, it's 
it's come full circle. The money will follow. I tell everybody that money will follow eventually. If you're pe- told a thousand people that, and it's, it's worked out for people because <laughs> I know some very successful people that were really struggling in life yeah. and they just said, okay, Hey, I like fishing. <laughs> <laughs> they went to world work at my buddy went to go work at Bass Pro Shops. It was like, a, it was a light bulb that went off and now he's a very successful guy down in the Florida Keys. Well, you what's know, funny is just that, follow your passion. That's what. What's funny is that when you everybody. when you do follow your passion and you do pursue what you enjoy doing and that you're good at, of course that stuff's going to naturally come. And like for me, I like the teaching thing, but I don't want it to be pegged towards one avenue because there's only so far you can go. It, when the the more the more narrowed down you are obviously the smaller your audience is going to be the more broad of a topic that you're doing, the bigger your audience is going to be. If you have something that you're good at, why not branch that out into other topics that are closely related and things that you're doing? Cause like right now, when I do something to the house and I don't document that and make it Mm -hmm. content for people, I feel like I'm, I'm wasting an opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And Ben knows better than anybody at this point, how many times him and I have talked about it. I have struggled with that thought process behind in my head of I'm not going to do this because I'm worried about what my audience is going to think, or am I going to damage this? And am I going to damage that? And at the end of the day, no matter what I do, no one is ever like, I haven't released a YouTube video in almost a month. Do you think one person has written to me and said, Hey man, I've been waiting (laughs) every Friday night. I'm about to unsubscribe buddy. Yeah, this yeah. is ridiculous. Nobody, never, no yeah. one. Yeah. Um, so it's it's all self-imposed. Oh, absolutely. and I think the biggest part of that is that while I was in the military, this was never about money for me because I don't really need this revenue stream. It's obviously it's nice, but and granted, I'm gonna get military retirement and everything, but when this is all over, like this is gonna be my job. Why would I not leverage that to the best of my ability and just do and not do anything extra, just Show everybody else the things I'm already doing. Because at the end of the day, if Eric Curtis is a subscriber and he loves the woodworking content that I do, and then I post a video about, you know, tiling a backsplash in the kitchen remodel series that I'm doing, and he's like, this isn't woodworking, bye. Who cares? Who cares? You know what That's I mean? Exactly it. And I guarantee you, the vast majority of your audience while they are there because you are a really good work woodworker and they want to learn your techniques and how you do things, they are there because they're interested in you as a human being, right? Exactly. So if you are retiling your kitchen, retiling your bathroom, relaying yes, whatever it exactly. is, you're like, cool, let's find out what's happening in Jason's life. You know, it's funny. So like I gave up on Instagram a long time ago. I still post on there, you know, for fun periodically from time to time, but it ain't the grind like it used to be back in the days. But I still really like doing stories. It's a much smaller group of people, but there's a group of people that watch every story that I put out there. And I alluded to it earlier. Like people have been writing me saying like, Hey, what, what's going on? I haven't seen any stories. I like that. But sometimes I'll be talking about things. The most recent example is when I was doing the walkthrough of my new house. I even said, and I'm like, I know most people probably don't care. The amount of messages that I got from people that are like, no, we care. I care. I don't care what you post about. I just like seeing your stories. It's exactly what you just said. You know what I mean? 
If they don't like it, they it's can the Truman it. Show. It's the right. Truman yeah. Show. I've I've gotten because I'm working in a, a community shop space now. Um, you know, it feels quite douchey, like around a bunch of other people who are working to be like, "Hey guys, check out what I'm." You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah a hard look. So I've been doing a lot of stories, just documenting the process and not like putting my face on camera. And I get messages regularly from folks who are like, what, what happened to you talking to the camera? Like I missed the narration. I miss like your personality. I miss you being a part of the story. And I'm like, I appreciate that, but I'm also not going to be that guy. who's like, look at me, everybody. Um, yeah. But those, they, they could become characters in your, in your daily show. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. The sketch show. You know? This is Bill. He's an asshole. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dream horse. <laughs> All right. But Ben, I, I do want to say, and I know, I know we're going to wrap up. Uh, well, two things I want to say. First, you're right about content creation and, and videography being another kind of language. Like mm-hmm. it is a storytelling process. Yeah. And that is, uh, that's been an artistic outlet that I have found really intriguing over the last four years as I've been making content. Um, It's, it's interesting to be able to take something so ridiculously simple, like whatever it is, cutting a dado, cutting a mortise antenna and turn that into a video of in a series of videos of how an object evolves from rough lumber to final product. Um, And I think going back to Sedge's question, I think that informs new clients uh, mm-hmm. the process that I undergo yeah. and that to sell a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's been an overall very positive thing for me, but I would be remiss if I left out the greatest DM slide of all time, going back to terrible comments. Uh, it was, it was a couple of years ago and I just want to hit this cause I don't get to tell this story often enough. Uh, it was a random DM from this random girl. Don't know. And the opening sentence, it was, it was like a three text DM situation. Oh man. Opening, Ooh, opening it was thick. Was, it was oh, thick. thick with three C's. The opening <laughs> sentence was, I would let you put a baby in me. <laughs> I mean, hell, I'd let you put a baby. Oh, I in never, me. I didn't know if you ever got those messages. <laughs> <laughs> I went like followed, went followed by ha ha JK. I think you're cute. Followed by, ha ha, let's start, let's wind it back. My name is Steph, how are you? And I was like, <laughs> you, like the, I don't- There's so many, there's so many levels like, of- You, like you slid in, but you went backwards. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> it was whiplash and I was very concerned. She might've for been inside s- my window. For some reason, I feel wow. like I remember this story. I feel like it was right- Cause you and I met for the first time at Stevie's shop or Stevie's oh, house. Oh yeah. It might've been around. And I that. think it was right around that time. Cause I feel like I remember you sharing that. And I was like, what the, f-? <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, the greatest DM slide of all time. I, I have not tried that myself on a lady. Uh, uh, I can't I've done it many times. Yeah. 5% success rate. Well, uh, I'm married Did to you her. get her phone number? I'm married to her. <laughs> No, no, no. I promptly deleted that because I don't need any STDs. <laughs> God. Or babies for that matter. Or babies. Mm. Hey, uh, Ben, real quick. Can we, can we allude to it all uh, next month's giveaway in the following month? 
Um, no, no, because nothing's set Not yet. yet. Yeah, I don't, okay. don't want to mention it yet right. until we, we'll, we have we'll hold off. We got some stuff in the works, in. people. Yeah, for the next month's giveaway. But, ladies and gentlemen, we uh, we just wanted to thank Eric for taking his time to come on to the podcast. Yes, thank um, you. It's it's been it's been something in the motions. We talked about it back at Workbench work Con, so I'm glad that we finally got cool. him on, and and I certainly hope that we can have him back on again in the future. It was very uh, insightful, um, and it, it was the only way that we could introduce Jason into maybe thinking about doing curves in any of his work, even so if he just took a sharpie and drew a curve. That's that's something. I'll tell you, you're, you're that that uh, couch uh, table that that would encourage me to do curves because that's a good use of curves not the way patrick uses curves <laughs> do it man it's, it's a it's a slippery slope once you do it it's hard to back out but i believe in you buddy all right all right i'm gonna make Eric, i'm gonna make something where can uh where can if anybody wanted to check out you and your stuff where can they find you at uh, E.N. Curtis. Uh, that's across all platforms, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, my website's encurtis.com. Uh, you guys, you know, check me out and uh, send me some positive comments on. No negative feedback. Yeah. Very sensitive soul. I can't handle yep. criticism. Um, <laughs> that's where you can find me. Eric, keep doing the good work, bro. Yeah, man. We're, we're it's, it's, uh, keep doing it's, the good work. It's so refreshing to, to see your page and, and to see the, the amount of detail and, and intentionality that you put in behind your work. Um, I mean, I, I remember at WorkbenchCon, we we're just kind of riffing for an hour or two just about art and um, how it comes out in woodworking and, and how it's a creative expression. And it's, I think what you do is really great, man. And uh, I think that, you know, more people should do work that you do. So we yep. definitely appreciate it. Jason, where can we find you? Benswoodworking.com. Sedgley, where can we find you? Sedgetool.com. Sedgetool on all platforms. And also Festool Sedge, Festool uh, Live, Festool Shop Talk. I'm on Festool USA, baby. Just, just, he's on Festool. Just, just go he's everywhere. Basically, the Beyonce of social media. <laughs> Whatever. And you can find me at Marshall Designs on YouTube and Instagram and MarshallDesignWorks.com. Thank you so much for all of your listening Ooh. times, I guess. I don't know. Uh, this was episode 33, Three. ladies and gentlemen. That's right. We're in our 30s now. Thank you so much for oh, listening. 33. <laughs> and we'll see you in... Scotty Pippen. <laughs> we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, everybody. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. bye. bye.